Tis a week till March Madness as we count down the days which, with visions of cocktails and winning parlays. Bags are all packed as the trip slowly draws near. Late nights in Vegas will soon be here. Who will be dancing, we don't quite know yet. But when the time comes, we'll know who to bet. Not too much longer till we're on our way to 48 games in four glorious days. This is Comfort Zone Exit Episode 11. I'm Scott Sihan, and I am very pleased to be joined by Barry Nsiang. Barry is the founder, moderator, and curator of the Facebook page March Madness in Las Vegas. It's the most comprehensive and collective group of individuals and information that you can find on the internet about all things March Madness in Las Vegas. Barry, how are you? Thanks so much for joining me. I'm doing good, Scott. Thanks for having me on. That was uh, yeah, quite an intro. I appreciate that. So uh, that you had posted that earlier this week on the Facebook uh, groups, March Madness in Las Vegas. Did you write that yourself? I did. Um, and I honestly didn't think it was going to get that much attention. But I think what it shows, I mean, with the number of likes it got and all, everything, is just how we all have this common emotional attachment to it and this, this huge anticipation for it. I mean... I go to Vegas quite a bit, and it's my favorite trip of the whole year. So, yeah, and I think a lot of other people just share that same excitement about the whole deal. Yeah, well, b- before we before we dive into our topics, the, the the parallel that your poem draws to Christmas is one that's been used many times in my family in my house. This will be my eighth time going out for March Madness and my my seventh year in a row. Um, and my my mother, I, I go out with my father every year, and my mother. Uh, always says that we're there, we're like the fellow who couldn't wait for Christmas. There is a uh, there's an old sketch on the uh, sketch television show Second City TV in which Martin Short plays a boy, uh, Ed Grimley, and it's about a two minute sketch where he's in his bedroom and he's bouncing off the walls and he can't sleep. And uh, that's what my mom says that we're we're like leading up to uh, March Madness in Las Vegas. And uh, in fact, just two days ago, I was walking through my kitchen singing to my wife the words, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and it truly uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it truly is. So um, before we dive into the topics that we, want to, uh, that we want to cover, I want to give you a chance to give listeners a real quick tutorial uh, about how to find the Facebook group, um, March Madness in Las Vegas, and what the information is on there and how they can find things. Because as, as I've been monitoring the group over the last week or two, I've found that there's almost nothing at this point, a new topic that somebody could put on there that hasn't already been discussed. So to avoid redundancy, I know you've been encouraging people to do a search and look through the, the content ahead of time. So if you could give everybody a, just a real quick walkthrough and run through of uh, the information on there, how to find things, and then we'll, then we'll dive into some right. of the specifics. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, basically, you find the group by uh, searching for exactly that term, March Madness in Las Vegas. And it's a group, not a page. Um, and it's closed, so you won't be able to see any content until you are accepted. So go ahead and send your request to join. Um, me and the other moderators typically are able to approve you within an hour because we're constantly on Facebook, especially at this time of the year. And once you're in... Um, the first thing to do is read through that that pinned post, and within that top pinned post, I have a bunch of links, including um, FAQs um, and some other posts that you'll probably want to read through before you really dive into to all of the content, because it, it'll be overwhelming if you just start uh, reading down all through the posts. So. Um, Read through all of those links first, especially um, some of them are event pages because um, we have a handful of things that we didn't want to get lost in the, in the, in the mix of all the constant content, uh, content we had being posted. So we set some things up as events, and you can click on events up at the top of the page and see those you know, separated on their own. We've got a handful of files. Again, there's a link up the top to hit uh, that'll connect you to all the files that we have posted. There'll be several more uh probably by monday once selection sunday has passed and we've got we've got the brackets released um and then the other thing is if you have specific uh questions what you want to do is use the search function by using there's a magnifying glass icon in the lower right corner of the cover photo and you know say you're going to stay in monte carlo and you want to find out what the deal is over there uh just use that search function it'll bring up 
the posts that um, have been already discussed about whatever topic it is you have. Um, it doesn't work perfect. Facebook has a lot of glitches, but um, if you try a few different things, it's it'll norm you'll normally find what you're looking for. Um, if you if you really can't and uh, you need to bring up a new topic, you know that's fine too. Uh, but don't be surprised if someone just points you to where you can find more yeah. information about it. Yep. I'm glad you pointed out uh, where they could find the search function because that is a little difficult to uh, to find. It took me a little bit to find it as well. And it will be important this week because um, today we're talking on Saturday, tomorrow's Selection Sunday. So once the brackets get released, I imagine the content on the group is just going to explode mostly with uh, mostly with people talking about gambling, early lines, things like that. So if people are uh, are seeing all the content get, getting pushed down and they're looking for event-specific things, most likely those things will be buried once the, um, once the brackets get released. So, Exactly. I mean, obviously the group is up in year-round, but um, really we don't start getting information about um, you know, any of the, the viewing parties, which are the main topics of, of the group until the, the turn of the year. So um, the rest of the year people are talking about booking their hotels and booking their flights and which teams they're, you know, hoping will do well that year. But yeah, it really, at this point, most people have their plans made. So it really, the talk in the next few days is going to be about the specific matchups. Yep. All right. So let's, uh, we, we got a, got a group, uh, list of topics here that we want to cover. I want to get through all of them and, uh, also want to, at some point I'm going to share some of the, uh, funnier posts and inspirational stories that people have shared on the Facebook page over the last week. So why don't we, uh, why don't we start out talking real briefly about the appeal of March Madness in Las Vegas? What is it that, uh, that, that you feel, uh, not only from your experiences, but, but from what you've been able to collect, uh, from group input, uh, on the page, I mean, what really, what, what are some of the main points that, that appeal to people that, that, that drive them to not only go to Las Vegas once for March Madness, but uh, I don't think I know anybody who's gone once and hasn't said I'm going back and it is repeated many, many, many times over. Is it, exactly. It's one of those things you try it once and you're definitely going to return. Um, it, um, and I think that it starts with the format, the tournament itself. And the format just lends itself to, especially our generation of short-term short attention span, where you've got games tipping off every 15 to 20 minutes. Um, so just that constant action, even if, like, even if one game is not you know, something you're too interested in, whether it be because the teams that are playing or because the, uh, it's rather lopsided, there's another one starting up that you can tune into. So I think the format of, that the NCAA has, has used uh, has been fantastic. It's, it's, the, it's one of the only sports I can think of where that's really the case, um, unlike NFL football where, you know, you have eight to 10 games all kicking off at the same time and you're trying to keep up with all of them. Yeah. Um, the ba college basketball allows you to, you know, see every ending, you know, especially because that's, that's where the most excitement occurs, obviously. Yeah. And, um, and what Vegas allows you to do is, you know, take a short term interest in, in any given team by betting on it. And uh, a lot of the properties have done a great job at setting up these, um, viewing parties where people can watch all the games at once um i think anything more than four would be overload uh i don't it's it even four itself is actually pretty tough to really keep up with exactly what's going on and yeah. you know who the high scorer is in any particular game but you know the main thing is you can kind of just you got your bets in you know who you're rooting for and uh it's just constant action that's that's the beauty of um of march madness in las vegas yep and uh the Anybody who's been out there, even if you're not particularly rooted in one team, you're just out there for the atmosphere, uh, everywhere you go in Vegas, you're going to see people wearing uh, school colors, um, school teams, jerseys, and whatnot. So a lot of people have rooting interests in school pride, but then all people also out there, there's an appeal to, to root for the Cinderella story and get excited about that. Um, just last year, and this seems to happen every year, but an example from last year with Florida Gulf Coast, the 15 seed, winning their first two games, um, I, I specifically had Georgetown last year minus the points. I don't remember how many I was giving, probably 11 or 12 points. And uh, by, by the time it was very clear, there was no way that Georgetown was going to cover that, uh, cover that spread. 
um, myself and pretty much everybody else in the, in the sports book where I was turned their rooting interest to Florida Gulf Coast just to see them pull off the upset. And then you, you, you start hearing and word spreads throughout the room that there's some guy over in the corner that has a money line bet on Florida Gulf <laughs> Coast for, you know, $150 yep. and it's going to pay them, you know, six grand or something if they win. And then exactly. the, the entire room is rooting for that guy, even if even if you're rooting against what your, your ticket has. So right. um, it, it makes it a lot of fun that way too. And it's amazing how quickly you get sucked in. Like you said, it won't even be one game and then you're on this team and you're emotionally invested and you're like rooting hard as if that's the school that you went to and, um, you know, been following all your life. But yeah, Florida Gulf Coast, perfect example of yeah a team that you see them doing it. You see them, you see the joy in, in the team and their, their fans and it's just contagious. It's so it's, it's just a lot of fun. And you're right. You get at least one of those stories every year, normally a few, but you know, hopefully you get one that gets out to like, uh, you know, at least it's Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, then it's, yeah, it, be, it becomes a story immediately. Yep. Um, also, there, there's a lot of appeal to go out to Vegas, even not for basketball, but the, but the weather in March is always nice. It's cold. Uh, it's been a brutal winter here in Virginia, so I'm looking forward to the, uh, the nice weather. The, for those heading out there, the early forecast for next, e- next week is uh, 75 degrees and sunny with no clouds uh, all the way Thursday through Sunday, so the weather looks good. Uh, so if, if you're planning on being outside or taking your golf clubs, it, it looks like it's going to be a good week for that. Um, also, the, uh, the, there's the emotional appeal of Wells going out there, seeing old friends and family and relatives, and it gives people something to look forward to every year. There are lots of stories, and I'll touch on some of them later, where uh, there are groups of guys from college or girls that this is, the, you know, they, they've been friends for 15 or 20 years, and they only get to see each other once a year because people are spread out geographically. They have families now, but the one time a year where they know that they're going to get to see their friends is going to be in, uh, in Vegas for March madness. Um, and then also finally, there's a, with, with live sports, there's always the chance that you're going to see something that's never happened before. Um, and it's, there's really no fun seeing those things. If you're sitting alone on your couch at home, I, I think when, when things happen that are incredible in sports now, and you're by yourself, at least for me, the first thing I do is I reach for my phone or my computer, and I want to share. I want to try to share that experience with other people. I either reach out to friends or I want to look on Facebook, see what people are talking about. Um, so in Vegas, you go out there; there are going to be hundreds, if not thousands, of people to share in that collective experience or moment and excitement. Um, and if you've been to Vegas before for March Madness. Uh, I can guarantee that you have high-fived a complete stranger over the outcome of a game <laughs> or, uh, or even over the outcome of what would appear to be a meaningless three-pointer going in at the buzzer at halftime. Uh, and if you haven't been out there before, I guarantee you're going to high-five and get excited with a complete stranger over the outcome of a game or a point spread or an over-under. Um, also, making new friends out there. Um, seven years ago when I was out there with my dad, we were sitting next to a, a couple in the um, sports book in, uh, in Wynn where we go every year, struck up a conversation with them, and then we went back the next year, and they were sitting in the same place. And now uh, we go out to dinner with them every single year. We stay in touch with them, uh, and we, we sit next to them every single year that we're out there. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yep. And then uh, finally, you know, some of the appeal is just building traditions. Some people do the same things every year. Um, I know I, I collect a bunch of money from my buddies, and I always run to In-N-Out Burger and bring a bunch of burgers back on Friday afternoon, which uh, for those of us on the East Coast, we don't get to taste too often. So mm-hmm. um, so that's uh, that's always exciting. Um, so moving on from the from the real appeal of being out there, why don't you real quickly share with uh, – Share with us your personal history of being out uh, in March Madness, and then I'll share mine real quickly, and then we'll start diving into the the specifics about viewing parties, uh, gambling tips, uh, and things that people can look forward to doing out there. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Hawaii. Um, grew up there on Maui. Uh, went uh, went to college in Honolulu at University of Hawaii, and worked there for for a while before moving to California in uh, late 2000, and uh, in college and a little bit beyond, you know, we would have our brackets and um, play those pools with people in the office and friends. But it wasn't, you know, something that that, that big a deal. Um, and I used to go to Vegas probably once or twice a year. Um, Vegas is one of the most popular 
vacation destinations for for people in Hawaii, um, and I fell right into that same bucket. But when we moved here to California, all of a sudden, uh, Las Vegas was a four-hour drive away. Uh, so going out for a couple nights is not a big deal. Um, and obviously started going a lot more often. And I think uh, the first March Madness that I believe I went to in Vegas was probably around 2002. And I'm not even real certain whether it was Golden Nugget or Imperial Palace, because uh, it's kind of kind of hazy reaching <laughs> back that far. <laughs> but um, I think... Um, it was either a trip with uh, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, or it was with uh, a few guy friends um, at the Golden Nugget. And the Golden Nugget would have been back when they still had the, they had the old pool uh, in a covered kind of a glass dome area. And um, they would cover the pool with some kind of flooring surface and set up a bunch of TVs. And um, at the time, I, I don't think we knew about any too many other uh, viewing parties, but they had it going on and it was fantastic. And we just had a blast, you know, betting on all the games. And, um, and if it wasn't that one, it might've been Imperial palace where um, they had the ballrooms in the second floor, which they may actually still use in fact. And, um, and that was, uh, that probably hasn't changed much. I think there's a whole bunch of banquet tables, TVs along all the walls and corners. um, And, so basically, I got hooked immediately, just like everyone else does. Uh, I don't think I've, I have not missed one since then. Um, at a, for a handful of years, it became a pretty big group trip because um, my birthday happens to fall on the 18th. So it kind of became, which always falls, you know, right before or even during the first couple of rounds of March Madness. So um, for for a period of time, we had groups of 20, 30 people going out and most of us would all stay downtown and we'd do these big group dinners and uh, we'd get the, the party bus and cruise around town after all the games. And it was, it was a blast. Um, we've, we've, we kind of cut it back a little bit. And part of that is I kind of like the flexibility and freedom to kind of, uh, you know, check out different venues and, and watch games at my own leisure. Uh, Cause I tend to be, uh, by nature, kind of an organizer. So I was the one who was trying to put everything together and trying to make sure everybody knew where to be, you know, uh, at what time, et cetera. So now, you know, especially with the growth of the group, uh, I have, I feel like I have a little more, not responsibility, but there's more things I want to be available to do. Um, so yeah, it's basically been every year since and it never gets old. It's something yeah. I, I mark on my calendar and I request vacation for it immediately. So it's yeah. something I plan to continue doing for a long, long time. Great. Yeah. I, uh, I went for the first time in 2004 to Mandalay Bay and uh, with my father and I swore I'd never miss one again. Um, but uh, lo and behold, one year later, my wife was pregnant with our first son. Uh, she was 38 weeks pregnant in March. So there was no way I was leaving, uh, leaving home for that. But uh, it, was, it was exciting nonetheless because we watched, watched the games from home. And we both went to Bucknell University. And that year, Bucknell knocked off Kansas uh, mm-hmm. as a 14 seed, and, and Kansas was a three seed. Um, and my, my wife had to leave the room with about two minutes left because she actually thought she was going into labor. Um, <laughs> we were so excited. Um, and then in 2006, we had another child. 2007, we moved to Florida, but I haven't missed um, I haven't missed a year since uh, since 2008. And uh, real quickly, I, I mentioned my, my wife almost went into labor during the Bucknell, Kansas game as a result of the excitement. I'm going to share our first two real quick stories from, from people uh, on the March Madness in Las Vegas group uh, that, has, that has to do with having children. So uh, Keith Prenger wrote on the message board, the birth of my three sons were planned around March Madness in Las Vegas. Sometimes I had to withhold sex from the wifey in early summer, but sacrifices must be made. Been going for over 10 years with college buddies. March Madness in Las Vegas till death. <laughs> so, that's, that's a statement of dedication right there. Yep. And even one other guy says, uh, Chris Hensley writes, like my hero, Keith Pranger, I also planned the birth of my child around March Madness in Las Vegas. You have to set your priorities correctly, and nothing is more important than degenerate, drunken tomfoolery with your friends. So, <laughs> so uh, those guys may be joking, but I think they, they may be not, that, uh, that the, the timing of the birth of their children was planned around their March Madness in Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah, I don't think it's a joke. I think they're, I think they're serious. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, 
So why don't you uh, give us a little background on the history of the group uh, that now stands at over 2,300 members. Uh, how did you start it? Has it always been on Facebook? And g- give us real, real brief background on the growth of it. Um, it has not been around as long as you might think. Um, actually, what happened was I used to run a handful of uh, Yahoo groups uh, for some of the sports fan groups that I, um, that I run. And I stumbled upon a March Madness in Vegas uh, Yahoo group. And it only had seven people, um, but I had never really found a good source of information until it was almost too late for for what was going on in Las Vegas um, during this time. So, you know, and it's something I was obviously totally deep into by then and really wanted to, you know, find out more uh, about what other options were out there and share some of my own experiences, observations. So I joined this uh, little group, which was started up by uh, Artie Johnson, uh, who lives in New York. Who I still have yet to meet to this day, but um, it was—I think it was seven or eight people at the time. I jumped in there, started talking to these folks. Uh, you know, it was, it was Im- immediately apparent that we all had the same, you know, excitement for the whole for the whole event. And I asked them if it was okay to to try and grow the group. So I started posting links to it on uh, mostly TripAdvisor because that was the only place that got a little bit of traction for uh, yeah. for this topic. Um, it started growing and. Within a couple of years, it got up to about 150 people. But Yahoo Groups is kind of limited in terms of its functionality. It's basically a single thread message board. And you can post pictures and files, but it's really not nearly as interactive or as uh, functional as Facebook is. So by this time, by 2009, Facebook was was pretty gone pretty mainstream. And I suggested starting a Facebook group, um, invited all those people over. So we had our, our core members right from the start uh, again i think must have been yeah 100 to 150 members from you know the the first uh the first couple of months and i just kept sharing it uh, in different places um uh, again kept going back to TripAdvisor. um i would make some calls into 500 bit by midnight which is a podcast a very popular las vegas podcast and you know in, invite people to join us um in more recently, Vegas Chatter, which is this fantastic Las Vegas blog that I is my go-to source for almost everything Las Vegas. They um, they've kind of embraced. Uh, if anytime they're posting a, a blog about March Madness, they will usually link to our group, which is fantastic. And um, a handful of other things. I would you know if I see something on ESPN or on Fox Sports, uh, you know I'll, I'll try to leave a comment at the end of the at the end of the article with a link to the group. And yeah, it, I think, uh, 2012, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. We, we got the group started in 2012 and last year's March madness, we had only, uh, we had 800 members, uh, which was, we thought was fantastic. We thought that was huge and wow. It's like, okay, what can we do with this? Um, by the end of the year, you know, once March madness passed, obviously the interest, Wayne. So by the uh, end of 2013, we had about a thousand members, and yeah, like you said, now that we've grown, grown to uh, about 2350, and it's, uh, and now it's you know word of mouth, um, you know friends telling friends. So now it kind of just carries itself, and yep. it's, it's. I, I have to say, I'm pretty impressed that even with that size, it's still, um, you know, very. It's still very on point. You know, a lot of times when you have that many people from that many different backgrounds, you know, all trying to interact, things can go kind of chaotic. But it's actually, I'm, I'm very pleased that it's just, it stayed on topic for the most part. And it's, we got a lot more, a lot more people can provide more information, more experiences. Um, and it just grows. So every, everybody benefits and it's yeah. fantastic. Well, I, uh, every year before I go out, even though I go to the same place to watch the games every year, I always do a search online to see what people are up to and, and what information there may be out there that uh, maybe there's something I want to leave the place, you know, the place that I go every year to, to go check something else out new. And, and this year somehow uh, the, the trip, a thread on TripAdvisor popped up and it directed me to the Facebook group. And that's how I found the group too. And uh, it, it's been fantastic. Just, uh, 
even if there's not there, there, well, there's a ton of information on there I can use, but even if there wasn't anything I found useful, just the collective excitement that's building as the, uh, as the date draws closer, uh, it's a lot of fun to share in that excitement and see, see what people are doing. Um, so you have over 2,350 members now. Um, I saw on a poll that was taken this week that it looks like people are coming from 48 out of the 50 states. I think only Wyoming and Vermont have not been accounted for so far in terms of people heading to Vegas. Um, but and then on that point, I would actually say there probably are. Yeah, uh, that's just among the people who took the time to vote. Right. So, uh, <laughs> which which is only a small percentage of our yeah. of our membership. So I'm I'm sure we have fifty states and four to six countries represented. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's pretty widespread. So. Um... There's somebody I saw this week. There's somebody coming in from Germany. There's uh, there's somebody I, I didn't check the name, but uh, one guy said that his buddy had to go to Austria for three weeks on business, and he's there right now. But the only condition under which he'd go to Austria for three weeks is if he was allowed to leave for four days in the middle of it to fly to Vegas, and <laughs> and he was granted permission. Um, gentleman named Jeremy McCreary says he's driving a combined 35 hours to get there and back. If the weather wow. is good, he said it could turn into 70 hours. If the weather is bad, you know, he's excited for his road trip. And currently, a gentleman named Michael, uh, I hope I pronounce his last name correct, Becerra, B-E-C-E-R-R-A, is en route to Vegas from Singapore. Um, he recently posted an update on his trip. He said, I got a row with three empty seats on my flight. Watch out, Vegas. Luck is already on my side. Um, <laughs> And I thought the best story uh, of somebody traveling to Vegas from March Madness was a gentleman named Casey Loop, uh, who is a veteran not only of March Madness in Las Vegas, but a veteran of the uh, of the armed forces. So um, he's a 10 year vet of going to Vegas. And he said he once paid a guy when he when he was on active duty in Baghdad and he paid a guy money to switch uh, R&R weekends, re relaxation and rest weekends with him so he could fly from Baghdad to Las Vegas to watch the games while he was on active duty uh, in the military. So that, that was pretty – Wow. That's that's crazy. So that, that that's pretty awesome. So um, I know I almost feel guilty for the fact that I can just get in my car after work and be there before midnight. It's almost not fair that some of these people have to go through so much to get there. But no, I I, I don't know if I would I could say I would be the same thing. But I really do appreciate and admire that they have that much uh, conviction to do it. So that's yeah. awesome. So. Um, and uh, what, one thing that you point out or uh, that, that we, we talked about before we got on here was that one of the reasons you think the group is so popular is that, interestingly enough, the casinos don't actually do a lot of marketing around uh, bringing people in for March Madness. Maybe that's because they know they're already going to fill up and they don't have to market for it much. Or I'm not sure that's the psychology it, behind sure. that, but – I, you know, I think there is a disconnect in general with Las Vegas corporations and the uh, the most uh, hardcore uh, visitors, the the ones that are Vegas enthusiasts that go multiple times a year that um, like to plan every hour of their day. Um, and I think we're always looking for details. It's like, okay, what time? Are, what time is this open till? Uh, you know, what's what's the menu? Can I see it? Um, can I? book a big party for this and you know we we all want details so that we can especially when we're anticipating something for so long and the casinos you know they uh, fortunately a lot of the stuff just repeats itself year after year so most of our a lot of our information is barely based on well last year they did this and we we have no reason to believe it's changed mm -hmm. but yeah a lot of times they they don't release their flyer or their information or do any announcements until uh, just a few weeks prior to it. And it's it's a little frustrating, but that's part of the reason this group has become so popular is simply because we have enough information from our own firsthand experiences and observations that we can share that. Um, and as opposed to if you called uh, a property and said, hey, um, where can I watch the March Madness games You know, next week? You know, you're going to get very vague information. And even if, you have, even if you're a, a big player and you have a host, they even they you would think they would be able to provide you know the, the the inside scoop and but they don't have they don't have it either um so there's a disconnect that our group serves and that's that's part of the reason we get so much so many members and so much uh so much activity
Well, uh, Barry, what's been great is that even uh, even this week I noticed on the Facebook page that someone from the group is out in Vegas for the conference championship games. They're, uh, they went out early. They're going to be spending two full weeks out there, which is uh, crazy in its own right. But he's been going from casino to casino, uh, taking pictures uh, of the sports books and even of the postings uh, about information for what's going on in the sports books and at the viewing parties and putting them on the Facebook page for people to see. And, you know, that guy likely won't see uh, really any return as a result, but he's just doing it, you know, benevolently and out of the goodness of his heart to contribute to the, to the group. And, uh, you know, seeing that has just been awesome. Yeah, that was Gary. Just to give him credit, that was Gary Schuster. And, uh, yeah, he's been a great member for a while. Uh, we're friends. And, um, yeah, he does a lot of travel in his line of work. So we we're fortunate that he was out there and willing to to share whatever he could find and report back to us. So that's that's huge. All right, Barry. Well, let's get into a specific conversation about the different options in venues uh, for people who are going to be in Vegas for March Madness uh, to where they can go to watch the games. I know we're going to be touching on sports books. Uh, there will be paid parties out there, man caves, high-end man caves people can rent, free parties. Uh, and I definitely want to hear about the uh, arrangements you've made uh, for a party down at the D uh, Hotel and Casino downtown. And then uh, there's also some things going on in a few other spots. But let's start with just a general conversation around watching games in the casino sports books and what people uh, may, might be able to expect uh, Thursday through Sunday of this week. Yeah, sports books are uh, where people first think of to go watch sports in Las Vegas, obviously, because whether you're there during baseball season, football season, whatever it may be, that's where you know you're going to see almost every game that's that's being televised. And um, the problem is with March Madness is you've got so many more people that are doing the same thing that there just isn't much capacity in those sports books to accommodate even a small percentage of the people that are out there for March Madness. So um, the, the, the atmosphere of a sports book is awesome. You know, you've got, like I said, you've got the, the great televisions. You've got the lines right there on the board. You've got people putting down, you know, big bets on in every direction on every game. And it's, it's fantastic. But the reality is most sports books are going to be filled well before sunrise. Um, and, it, it's going to vary um, based on property, but if it's if you're talking about trying to go to the Caesars Sportsbook um, for Thursday or Friday March Madness, you probably have to be there the night before because people will literally uh, sit in those seats, you know, overnight and through the through the day's games. So it's not the first, it's not the option that you want to rely on first unless you know what you're you're in for. It's um, you know, like I said, if you go off strip, if you go to a locals station casino, you might be able to probably find a sports book seat if uh, you know it's just one or two people. But typically, for the visitor who's going to be on the strip, um, you're you probably don't want to make that your first option. Well, it, it's good that you mentioned that people may be getting into the sports books uh, as early as the night before the Thursday and Friday games. I mean, there literally will be people who may spend the night in there. Um, but uh, I've heard stories in the past, though, of people uh, sitting in seats, you know, as early as two, three o'clock in the morning, uh, that don't appear to be reserved. And then it's seven o'clock, seven thirty Thursday, Friday morning, um, a sports book employee comes around and says, sorry, these seats are reserved and they start putting out the reserved seats. So, uh, people have spent the night out before and have been kicked out of their seats at seven or eight o'clock in the morning, which has got to hurt. Wow. That would be that would be awful if you spent your whole night there and only to get kicked out. Oh my goodness! One thing that I would encourage people to do is if they plan on trying to uh, get seats really, really early in the sports books is Wednesday night. Try to find uh, an employee in the race and sports book and ask them which seats they know of are going to be reserved, because that could uh, that could prevent you from. From sitting in a seat that you think is going to be open, spending all night there, getting there really early in the morning, only to be uh, only to be kicked out. So I, I would just check ahead of time and, and make sure um, if the seats are going to be reserved or not, and not just assume that because there's not a sign there that you can sit. Yeah, that's that's a great tip. I actually haven't seen that, so I wasn't even aware that happens, but it makes sense. Um, hopefully, most properties know what's going on and they have it already roped off or they already have it some signs on it. But you're right. There's I'm sure it happens where somebody you know drunk walking around 
moves things around or something. So that's that's an excellent tip. All right, Barry, let's let's shift gears away from the sports books and talk about uh, one of the more popular options for watching the games during uh, Thursday to Sunday, which will be viewing parties and uh, paid parties that are going to be hosted by the hotels and casinos. Uh, oftentimes set up in uh, in ballrooms or big theaters um, that people will obviously pay to get into, and it may come with food, drink, and th- these parties have become very popular. So uh, why don't you tell us what you can about the different parties going on around town? Yeah, those um, those seem to – those are really popular. Um, basically, typically a paid party will put you in a ballroom or a theater – and we'll give you either food and or drink. Um, and sometimes there's different tiers of it, uh, depending on whether you want the general admission, whether you want the VIP, whether you want the man cave. Um, a lot of the Caesars properties, which include Planet Hollywood, Caesars himself, Flamingo, Harrah's, uh, they, ha- they all have paid parties. Um, a lot of those actually sell out pretty quickly. Um, there's also paid parties, uh, that were pretty popular among our group at the Cosmopolitan. They've had paid parties for the last two years, basically since they've been open, and it's never been in the same location twice. So this year, it's in their new theater, the Chelsea, um, which should be pretty nice. Um, no one, you know, because it's going to be the first time having the event there. It's going to be, a, you know, a little bit of a wild card. But uh, the Cosmopolitan does things pretty well, in my experience. It's one of my, fa- it's my favorite strip property. Uh, so I think the there, uh, there was a, a mezzanine level section which people get um, drinks and food all day. There's a general admission where I think it includes a drink or two. Um, typically, yeah, I believe, and I believe the VIP sold out pretty quickly. Uh, another one uh, that was popular among the group was uh, the pub at Monte Carlo. And I believe Thursday and Friday have sold out entirely for that. We were able to get one of their uh, representatives included in our group and they were able to answer all the questions and help you know book all the reservations so we really appreciate them being part of the group and hopefully you know that benefited and them being able to sell out a little faster or get a little more publicity out there about it and there's a handful of others um if at this point in the game if you haven't already purchased uh admission to a vip uh, to a paid party, you probably are too late for the better ones. And you may, uh, once in a while, things do pop up late. Um, actually, I think just to throw them out there real quick. And again, if you're looking for more options, you really need to visit the Facebook group. But a couple options that just popped up late are um, Brooklyn Bowl. Um, that's in the the new the link area um, that just opened up like last week or two. And um, a couple of other new venues, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into those later. But basically, that's yeah, paid parties. Um, unless you can find somebody who's selling extra tickets, because maybe a couple of people had to to scratch from their group. Yeah, you, you probably plan on that next year. Join the group early so you know exactly when when it's announced, and um, somebody on the group is going to notify you know to post about it, and you'll be one of the first people to get those tickets if that's what you're looking for. Well, I I heard you mention that there was actually an employee from the I think the pub at Monte Carlo who was uh, on the Facebook page and giving some information about what's going on there, which is uh, fantastic. And I, actually, I think what what we could encourage people to do is if they know uh, no race or sports book employee from wherever they're going to be staying or uh, even a hotel manager or whatnot, um, encourage them to go on the group and, uh, and get some feedback from the group overall after this March Madness to see uh, maybe what some properties did well and maybe what some other properties didn't do so well. And then maybe next year, as March Madness approaches, um, we can get more, uh, more people from the properties posting information on there earlier to get the information out. Yeah, that's excellent. Excellent point. You know, I'm not there to try and, um, take a commission for anybody's sales or anything. We just want to share the information. So if we can get it firsthand from the property and they can tell us, okay, this is what time the doors are going to open. This is going to be the menu we have available. Hey, we're, we're all about just getting the information out to everyone. So we, yeah, definitely invite everybody to, uh, to, to come on and promote their own events on our group. Unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, we ended up losing about 10 minutes uh, in the middle of the interview that I did with Barry. So I want to briefly recap some of the things that Barry and I discussed, and then we'll get right back to the interview with Barry where we will start in with uh, our best tips for people who will be out in Las Vegas for the first four days of March Madness. 
Uh, we discussed high-end man caves that uh, some places offer in Las Vegas. Particularly, we touched upon the Legacy Stadium uh, sports bar in the Palazzo Hotel. Uh, Legacy Stadium used to be Jay-Z's 4040 nightclub, so it has an interesting setup and feel, more of kind of a night look, uh, nightclub look to it. Um, the man caves there, I'm sure they are already sold out by now, but they rent for, I think, up to $3,000 to $5,000 a day during March Madness. Um, the bar is open to the public, so you can still walk through, get a drink. I stay next door and watch the games at win, but usually once a day I walk over there uh, just to get a breath of fresh air, and I, uh, I check out Legacy Stadium because it's always a fun place to to see the crowds in the games. And um, even I saw uh, Tark the Shark, Jerry Tarkanian, hanging out in there a few years ago eating a pizza and drinking a beer. So um, we touched upon some free parties going on around town. Uh, one of the probably the largest and most popular takes place at the LVH, uh, Las Vegas Hotel, formerly Las Vegas Hilton, which um, is one of the places uh, really that you almost have to see it to believe it to uh, understand. If you really want to get a feeling of what March Madness is in Las Vegas and craziness is, go in there and watch a game, hang out there for an afternoon. But it will be very crowded, so get there uh, get there early. Um, also at the South Point Hotel Casino, Treasure Island, the Orleans, and Stratosphere will also be hosting um, parties that uh, will not be charging an admission fee. Barry will be hanging out at the D Hotel and Casino in downtown. He has made great arrangements for uh, for a March Madness viewing party down there. Uh, so I'm sorry that uh, that was part of the interview that we lost. Um, where he went into great detail to describe um, match play chips that will be uh, given out so people can get either 20 or $25 worth of chips to go play at uh, table games. There will be a reserved seating section down there, craps and blackjack tables set up within viewing distance of the basketball sc uh, and television, scre television screens, so you'll be able to multitask and multi-gamble, play craps, blackjack, and watch the games all at the same time. Some of the food that Barry wanted to highlight that he'll be providing, uh, American Coney and Nacho Daddy. Barry's also successfully negotiated discounted room rates, uh, and there will be free T-shirts down there. So uh, Barry wanted to definitely give a huge shout-out to uh, Derek Stevens, who is the owner of the D for, uh, for hosting the party. And uh, I definitely plan on going down there for a few hours to uh, check it out and uh, say hello to Barry. Also, some new places in Vegas in 2014 that weren't around last year. A venue called Double Barrel, Tap, and Yard House. And there are also always uh, traditional sports bars that uh, are more um, chains that you might find in uh, every city around the country. Uh, PT's Pub or Buffalo Wild Wings. So... Maybe if you get your bets in at uh, your hotel or casino and you want to go watch the game at just a regular sports bar, you can uh, do that. So I apologize again for the uh, technical difficulty and the loss of the great information that Barry had provided um, about uh, some of the things I just touched upon. But uh, we'll get back to the interview now where we will talk about uh, tips that we provide you for things to look out for and things to do while you are in Las Vegas for the first four days of the tournament. All right, Barry. Well, why don't, uh, why don't we move into sharing some of, uh, some, some of our tips for, for listeners and people who have never been to Vegas for March Madness before, I think will find these beneficial, but even, uh, even people who've been there many times may pick up on something that they haven't heard before. I know I've been eight times and there, there are things that, uh, that, we're going to be talking about here that I didn't know, and, and then it'll be helpful. Uh, the folks on the group have been great to, to help share a lot of these things with us. So, uh, so why don't we jump right into, uh, to some tips for people? Yeah, sure. That's, that's one of the things that I think that we can offer the most on the group. And, um, tips one, two, and three are bet early, bet early, get your bets in early. And <laughs> that's because so many people show up, uh, Thursday morning. They're like, okay, it's eight 30. I've, I'm ready to uh, to sit down and get out and get get this March Madness thing rolling, and they see the line goes out the door, and they're too late to get their bets in on that first set of games. Um, it's just the volume of people and the number of ticket writers that these sports books can can staff. So 
really you want to get your bets in on Wednesday. Um, and if you can even get the, get the first two sets of games uh, of your wages in um, the day before, if you can. And don't even worry about if, whether that's going to be the place you watch the game. You can worry. You can cash your tickets later. That's not an issue unless you're depending on that money to roll over. Um, so one of the other things you can do to try and uh, get your bets in early is there's a couple of sports books that are open 24 hours. The two that we're aware of are South Point and Venetian. So those are always good options um, that you don't have to wait till they till the books open at seven or eight in the morning. Um, you can beat the crowds. Um, and then just show up at your at your party uh, whenever you were planning to anyway, and not not deal with the lines. Um, something else that's come up in the past couple of years as an option to getting your bets in is using a mobile app. Um, there's probably there's three chains that are offering that uh, that I'm aware of: um, Cantor, William Hill, and Stations. And what they have is an app that you download on your phone. Uh, you go up to the to the, the sports book. They'll have you fill out an application of some sort, set up your account, make a deposit. So you're basically betting off of a prepaid balance. So that's one way you can get your bets in without having to deal with the lines at all. So that's a, that's a great option that um, has come up in the last couple of years. Um, one of the things that we that people are always looking for is to, to enjoy some cocktails during the day. So whenever you're placing your bets at at the sports book, make sure you ask for drink tickets, or even before you place your bets, you might want to say, oh, "How much? Do, how much uh, do I have to bet to get a drink ticket?" Because basically, they have thresholds where, if you, uh, depending on what the property, it may be fifty bucks, it may be a hundred. Some yeah. some places are several hundred. It's, it, it it all varies, but you might as well get a free drink ticket uh, rather than paying for a cocktail if uh, if you're going to place your bets anyway. Yep, and uh, on on the Facebook page, people there's a lengthy discussion about different strategies people employ in order to get uh, free drinks. So, uh, yeah, number one being just tip the ticket writer. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's a few bucks or a five or a ten, normally um, that will allow them to give you a few extra uh, drink tickets. And that won't work at Cantor. Cantor is a third-party uh, sports book at places like Venetian, uh, Palms, uh, Tropicana, Cosmopolitan. They are not affiliated with their hotel. So it's essentially a third-party concession. Um, and they, do, they don't um, issue drink tickets unless you're a really big player. So um, if that's what you're looking for, you probably want to avoid that property, uh, those Cantor books. Uh, William Hill, on the other hand, is a third-party uh, sports book uh, company, but they do issue drink tickets, so yeah. they just have different policies. So, and uh, I think one of the most creative solutions I saw for getting a drink ticket is that uh, there are different policies uh, in terms of giving out tickets for people who are betting on horses. Typically, you can get a drink ticket if you bet. I mean, even just a couple dollars on a horse race. So somebody. Somebody said they employ the strategy of finding the most certain favorite that's on a board, placing a $5 bet for that horse to show, and then they get a drink ticket. They've only placed a $5 bet, and then the chances are they may actually get some kind of return off that $5. So I thought that was pretty creative. Yeah, that is. Out. For me, I mean, if you're gambling in a way, you know, bet bet a long shot and yeah. see if you can make make some money don't don't try to break even on your horse bets you know yeah. now you got it's only going to be about two minutes of action for it yeah. so you can you can stray away from the basketball for a little bit to see how that turns out yeah. but that that is a creative way to do it yeah um how about a, a bit of a strategy and a tip behind uh when when people should be betting perhaps the uh over unders and or the favorites and underdogs if there's a certain particular strategy there on when lines typically move yeah for the for most people that belong to our group or that are listening to this podcast just get your bets in when it's convenient um yeah. professionals or uh sharps as they're referred to will you know the, the general trend um for for games that have a lot of public action, which means people like us that are um, not professionals and we're just, yeah. you know, recreational bettors. Basically, we like to bet, the general public likes to bet favorites and overs. So what happens is the line moves um, against those, uh, against that direction. So yeah. if you're going to bet uh, favorites and over, you want to get them in early. So another, that's another incentive to get your bets in early. Yeah. I mean, if you, and typically what you'll see is if there's enough action on, on North Carolina or Duke or Syracuse or whoever it may be, um, that line will go up if they're a favorite. So um, 
you might get a better if you're looking to go against if you're looking to bet on the on the underdog yeah. you're probably going to get a better line on the underdog and the under if you bet it shortly before tip off yeah. so if you're using a mobile app that's an option uh, because you can kind of control when you get your bet in but if you're doing uh, in person bets you don't want to wait for the last minute because right. you probably won't get that bet in although later in the day the lines do get much shorter so you might have that opportunity you know when it comes to the to the last sets of games but um early in the day just get your bets in when you can yep um all right um one one tip that i have and it it's something i've seen in the past and people have listed it on the facebook page is, is even being a pet peeve is you know when you're going to make your bets make sure that you have your bets and your information ready for the tellers um Make sure that you refer to the bets and what you want to do by the numbers that are listed up on the board. It makes it much easier for uh, the ticket takers. So don't just walk up and say, give me, give me Duke or I want, uh, I want North Carolina. Just refer to it by if the number is 1648, just say, I want 1648 minus the points, you know, 50, mm -hmm. 55 to win 50. Um, and then something that my father has always taught me to do. Um, is take just a real brief moment to check your tickets at the counter once they've been handed over to you. Um, at least once a year in the group that I'm out there with, somebody gets a ticket that's been printed wrong and is not what they intended it to be. And if you walk back to the ballroom and you're holding a ticket that isn't what you asked for, you can't go back and convince the sports book that that's not the bet that you wanted to make. But if you check it right there at the counter, even if it takes just an extra second and the person behind you in line is upset, you may be saving yourself some trouble. So. Yeah. In fact, I do that regularly. Uh, a lot of times I'll just take half step to the side uh, and review my tickets. That way, if the, if the person behind me doesn't mind that I'm still standing there looking at my tickets yep. and wants to get their bets in, then, they, then I'm not holding them up. And the ticket writer knows that I haven't tried to, you know, uh, swap something on them or do something, you yep. know, devious. Yeah. Um, so that that's a great tip. Yeah. Those numbers... Uh, that you're referring to are called rotation numbers. So those are standard, um, whether yep. you're at Harrah's, MGM, downtown, uh, basically anywhere. If if uh, that game is number 202, if uh, if that's uh, a Syracuse, um, that's going to be the same number at every property. So um, the lines may vary uh, from property to property, but uh, those rotation numbers are standard across yep. across Las Vegas and even you know offshore. Yep. Um, I was going to say one of the other things that I just thought of that is worth noting about the schedule uh, is, um, you know, a lot of times you just think, okay, I'm going to be at the ballroom all day. And it's a long day, you know, get first games tip off at uh, 915 uh, on Thursday and Friday, last game tips off just before seven o'clock. Um, and on Thursday and Friday, there is a brief break between the second and third set of games. It it can it'll vary because obviously if a, if a game goes into overtime, it's going to run longer. And typically, games in the same site have a 30 minute uh, break to yeah. allow you know the, the next teams to to warm up, of course, and prepare. So um, the schedules aren't um, totally static, but for the most part, you will typically have a break um, somewhere around 3:30 or. Uh, for about half an hour. So if there's something you have to do and you don't, you want to miss as little action as possible, plan on trying to do that then, whether it's, you know, going to check some emails for work or whether uh, you need to meet somebody to, or get some cash, whatever it may be, yep. there will be a break. And then on Saturday and Sunday, even more so people forget that the schedule changes dramatically. Um, obviously there's half as many games, Yep. But what happens is there's one game at around nine o'clock, another one at 11 or 11:30. I'm not looking at the schedule right now, um, and then another one at say one o'clock or 1:30, and those are all on CBS. Yep. And you don't have any overlapping games until uh, somewhere around three o'clock, and so that means you really don't have to spend all of your time in a sports book or in a party uh, if you don't want to. I mean, if you want to, it's great, but just know that you're really going to be watching one game that you could be watching at a video poker bar, out by the pool, in your hotel room if you know if yep. if you had a long night. So for that same reason, we always kind of say your best value for paying for a party is Thursday and Friday. Uh, because Saturday and Sunday you just don't get as many games and you don't get as you don't really have the need for the multiple screens until later sure. in the day. So but if you're gonna pay the same price for a party, do it on Thursday and Friday. Yep. Um, because it's much better value. 
Okay, great. I have one, one final uh, tip for, for betting, and that has to do with parlay and teaser cards. So um, be sure to look at those closely, too. Um, sometimes you can actually spot errors on them and pick up, uh, um, pick up some extra points. It doesn't happen often, but a couple of years ago, um, Texas, I forget who they were playing, they were favored by 17 points. Uh, and on the teaser card, they were supposed to be bet down to only, uh, only an 11-point favorite, but uh, there was an error on the card, and they it ended up getting um, – Texas plus 11 instead minus 11. So it was a 22 wow. point. It was a 22 point error in, in the person's favor if they wanted to bet Texas. Um, but also if you like the, the parlay cards or the teaser cards, or even if you've never bet them before, read the fine print on them. Most, mm -hmm. most if not all parlay and teaser cards, um, a push is a loss. So um, if you bet, you know, North Carolina minus four and it comes in that they win by four points, everything on your card is considered a loss. Whereas if you bet the parlay at the actual betting station, um, that uh, that would be considered a push and everything else on the card would still be a live bet. So mm -hmm. and I mean, not to get too deep into it, but yeah. I want to also point out a lot of people don't realize that parlays you can bet using the card where you fill in those little bubbles and those are static lines or yeah. you can bet them off the board, which means yeah. you're taking the current lines. And typically the off the board will give you better odds in terms of the payout just by a, by a small fraction. But, yeah. um, you know, you're trying to find every advantage you can. Sure. However, the cards can give you an advantage if a line has, um, you know, moved into your favor. So. You know, depending on which way you're betting, if the line has moved a point or two, you might want to bet the card because now you're getting a better line than you can get if you bet off the board. Yep. Um, okay, just a couple of other things I want to touch on uh, before I share some of the uh, more humorous and even inspirational uh, stories about people who are going to be traveling out uh, to Vegas this year. Um, I know you, you formed a bit of a VIP group this year where people have been able to order T-shirts. If, uh, if there are any still available, uh, if you could share with us how they still might be able to, uh, to get a, a VIP March Madness in Las Vegas T-shirt. Yeah, so within the group, uh, we have an event set up for VIP membership, um, and it's $18, and the $18 uh, for your membership fees uh, allow you to get a T-shirt. And I, so we came up with our own design, had them printed. Um, we've, I think we had over 200 printed. Um, most of them have been, have been mailed out already so that people have them ready to wear on Thursday. So look for those gray T-shirts with, uh, with an Elvis uh, spinning a basketball um, with the Welcome to Las Vegas sign as a basketball hoop. So if you see those shirts around town, they're one of our VIP members. And hopefully we have a bunch of them, you know, for, at almost every property. But we still – I did print a few extra. So if anybody's interested in getting one of those, uh, join the event. You'll see the instructions on how you can pay for your VIP membership through PayPal. Um, and then you'll have to – because it's – too late to mail it at this point and you probably do want to wear it you know this week at march madness uh you'll be able to pick it up from me at the d if you're planning to come down that way um i'm gonna anybody who pays in advance will obviously i'll have them set aside and then i'll have a handful that'll be just available on a first come first serve basis so um i'll be at the d on thursday with those shirts um so anybody interested can uh, again, join the event, and you'll find all the details for that. Okay, great. And if uh, people can see pictures of the uh, of the shirt on the Facebook group as well, I will also have uh, pictures of the shirt because uh, I just got mine in the mail this week on my website, comfortzoneexit.com. Um, we're also going to encourage people who are on Twitter or active Twitter users while they're out in Vegas uh, Thursday to Sunday to, uh, to hashtag things M-M-I-L-V. Um, so that if people want to follow what's going on within the group around town, um, you'll be able to, to, you know, see what people are up to. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big Twitter, uh, person myself. Um, uh, but I'm sure I know a lot of people find it easier to use when you're like out and about it, just on your phone. Um, even within Facebook, we hope to have a fair amount of activity, just people reporting, uh, you know, this this party is full or this party, this, there's still plenty of seats at this venue so that we can just share information and again, just help each other have a better experience. So yeah, Facebook or Twitter, you know, you'll, you want to stay in touch and find out what's going on because there could be something pretty fantastic happening right next door. And if you don't check, you'll, you'll never know about it. 
Sure. And um, one more time, encourage people, uh, if they are looking for information, to to do a search on the uh, Facebook page first before posting a question, because there is a high likelihood that somebody has already addressed it. Um, And, uh, you know, without further ado, I want to conclude the podcast by uh, reading through uh, a handful of funny posts or funny stories that people have shared on the uh, on the Facebook group, and then also a handful of uh, some of the best stories. We ask people to share stories that we may talk about here on the podcast, and I want to share some of those. So um, just uh, the, the start with the funny ones. gentleman named uh, Derek Keller posted a, an apology to his liver this week. He said, six days until I hit Vegas, I've begun apologizing to my liver already for what I'm going to do next week. So <laughs> I think a lot of people have done that uh, or thinking the same thing. Gentleman named Jay LeBaron says, I'm trying to make peace with liver, kidneys, brain, back, feet, and the part of my brain that requires sleep. So uh, it sounds like Jay's going to be uh, having some fun this week. Um, common theme, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. There, there, there are two posts on here that even though their names attached to it, I'm going to read them as anonymous because uh, it has to do with some things that they're, they're, they're doing at work right now. And I don't know if, uh, if they want their boss idea, listening. Yeah. <laughs> so one gentleman says, I warned my boss yesterday I would be mailing it in for the next six days. He understood. Got to love a degenic degenerate gambler for a supervisor. So, (laughs) and, uh, one other gentleman says, I've already started to drink at work to prepare myself. It's a good thing that cans of Takate are, are the best because they look like cans of Coke. So, so there's somebody out there sitting at their desk, drinking Takate to get their body warmed up for the week. Um, I don't know how many people that's fooling, but yeah, if that's what works for them, then more power to them. <laughs> um, all right. So here, here are the handful of uh, great stories, and there have been lots of on here, and I, I just pulled a selection of them, and we want people to keep sharing them uh, because it is fun to read these. But uh, Eric Durkin writes, a member of our six-man group got denied vacation time to go to Vegas. So he figured out that he could no-show at work twice before this Sunday and get suspended for a week immediately. Immediately without losing his job. As he puts it, I get a free week off. So he's doing just that so he can join us in Vegas next week. So, so you know, somebody out there gaming the system at work to intentionally get suspended without pay because they, they got denied vacation. That's, that's pretty <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, uh, Michelle Bronner, uh, one of the, now, now if you've ever been to March Madness for Las Vegas, it skews heavily, uh, towards men. I would say 95% of the people out there are men, but there are stories of females going out there. Michelle writes, I'm not sure if this is unique or not. We are a complete group of five girls attending for the second year. We will be at the pub on Thursday and pure on Friday. Well, I, I can tell Michelle it is uh, very unique because I don't know if in eight years in March Madness I've seen five girls collectively in eight years. So that's pretty rare. Yeah, that's that is not something you see too often. Yep. We have uh, Tim McMahon writes. Well, I'm allowed one guy trip per year by my wife, uh, and the clear choice is Vegas for March Madness. Leaving behind my five-month-old son for five days will be tough, though. And uh, I, I think there are a lot of guys out there that, that they may get one trip a year with their buddies or whatnot, and this is it. And I, uh, my wife and I are pretty flexible with each other, but this is one trip. I mean, it is in concrete every year, and it's the one that if everything got taken away, I'm going. So um, so I, I think Tim Tim shares a similar situation to a lot of people. Um, we have uh, Jim Fasano, and I wanted to share Jim's story because uh, for people on the board, it looks like he has posted the longest consecutive streak of going. It says, my group of six college mates will enjoy our 21st straight March Madness in Las Vegas. And he says, or as near as our scotch-sodden brains can remember. Um, and he says, hey, Gary Ursina, because our March Madness trip always has been dudes only, we had to install a rule that any call somebody makes to or from a woman or a wife means that the offender has to buy the next round of drinks. <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty – that could be a stiff penalty depending where you're at. Yeah, or depending <laughs> upon how many people you're with. But I, I thought that was really clever and a good one. But, yeah. Jim, this will be his 21st straight year out there. That's amazing. Um, which means I guess some people may be making their first trip out there if they're 21 years old. Jim's been going for as long as you've been alive. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear the stories. I mean, uh, for what things looked like back then, because um, 
Yeah, I don't know how big of a deal it was. You know, going back to that, that would be 1993, yeah. give or take. So I'd love to hear more from him about, you know, how many places were doing anything specifically for March Madness. Yep. Um, got just a couple more to share here. Dave Farber writes, second annual March Madness trip with uh, Michelle Diagnillo. Went Friday to Monday last year and going to experience Thursday, Friday in all of its glory this year. Plus, I had colon cancer surgery a few months ago, but there's no way I'd break the tradition of one year uh, of, you know, of, of going to March Madness for Las Vegas. Celebrate life and hoops. Good times await. Um, so that's a great story. And also, Dave Rubman wrote, we have a group of 10 guys going we're all college buddies, 27 to 30 years old. A year ago while in Vegas for uh, non-March Madness, one of our good friends said he wanted to start an annual trip to do March Madness. Um, unfortunately, he passed away a couple months ago from colon cancer, but we're still all going. We're going to celebrate his life and his love for college hoops. Yeah, yeah. Some, some pretty emotional stories there. So that's, but that's cool that you know, they're finding some bonding you know, in yep. remembrance of, of their friends. So that's, that's really touching to hear about. Yep. And, uh, and finally, we'll, we're, I'm going to start with a, finish with a story of a first timer and it's a, it's a female, Christina Gangle, uh, or Gangel. She says, this is my first trip to Vegas for March madness. I've been a huge fan of college basketball since high school and put going on to Vegas for my bucket list. Um, I've waited several years and I'm excited to cross this one off this year based upon everyone else's experience. Seems like going once isn't enough. Uh, so here's to starting a yearly tradition. And I think that's, uh, that, that's perfect because Christina, I guarantee you, uh, you will go back as, uh, as so many people do. I don't ever intend on missing it. Um, you know, barring sickness or death or whatnot, or problems in the family, I'm going to be there every year as I think most people will. So, um, Barry, if any concluding thoughts, anything you want to share with the group before we, uh, Hang up. I think about 24 hours from now, people will be in front of their televisions getting ready to watch the brackets released, and then, uh, and then it's going to be crazy for the whole next week. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, it's, it'll be here before we know it. But, um, yeah, I wanted to publicly thank any of our group members that are listening because uh, this has grown into be something much bigger and better than I would have ever thought, and it's because of the participation from so many people that you know, share the same interests. So I just want to publicly thank everybody who's, you know, participated on in our Facebook group, provided information, provided stories, and just shared in the excitement among each other. And um, anybody who's not part of the group, I want to encourage you to join because I think even if you're not that interested in the idea of a March Madness trip for um, to Las Vegas, you, you probably might get sucked in if you uh, spend a little bit of time reading through how exciting we all find it. So, so give it a shot. Check out our Facebook group and um, and you might just want to give it a taste for once. Yep. So the Facebook group is March Madness in Las Vegas. You can find it very easily by searching that exact term on Facebook. You can follow my podcast on my website, comfortzoneexit.com. You can also follow it on Twitter at comfortzoneexit. Um, Barry, thanks again so much for joining me. I'll have this up in a couple of, uh, couple of hours, hopefully for people to listen to and, uh, everybody who's traveling to Vegas, please, uh, travel safely out there and, uh, be careful, be safe while you're there, have fun, but don't have, uh, don't have too much fun <laughs> if there is such a thing. <laughs> and I think for people who go to Vegas, they know what, they know what too much fun is or isn't. So thanks again, Barry. And I look Thank forward, you. I look forward to meeting you in just a couple days out in Vegas. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Great. 